Well, praise the Lord, Church of Omaha. Can we just clap our hands to the Lord all over this place? Go ahead and lift up some praise in this place for a moment. Hallelujah. You are great and greatly to be praised, Lord. Welcome, everybody, in Jesus' name to our first half of service here. And thank you for those who are joining us here. And thank you for those of us that are joining uh, us online. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Bishop Powell and First Lady who are out visiting family this week, praying that they have a blessed time in Jesus' name, and also praying for Pastor Lucas for a soon safe return. I know he's tuning in online as well in Jesus' name. So how many of you are thankful for Bishop and Pastor Lucas? Amen. 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 Uh, I'm excited for all that's going to take place here today at the Church of Omaha, and glad that you all are here to be a part of it, and those of you, again, that are joining us online, and it's a blessing, the opportunities that are afforded us, amen, to be able to gather together with our brothers and sisters, worshiping together, praying together, fellowshipping together, and building each other up, and it really blesses me to see you when you go on and encourage someone else in their walk with God, and when you build them up, and when others come to build you up, and that's really the body of Christ, and I'm really thankful for that, and that's something I don't ever want to take for granted, amen. And I do want to wish each of you a happy Thanksgiving and remind you that this week, the midweek service is on Tuesday night. Everybody say Tuesday night. Tuesday. Amen. So it's not going to be on Wednesday. There's nothing here on Wednesday. So if you come here and the lights are off, that's why. Uh, so Tuesday night this week is midweek service. So please keep that in mind. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. And let's stand for the reading of the word. And I'm going to start with verse number 14, which says, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And, right, and for a few moments of your time, I want to uh, preach this thought. And that is filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. And as you're taking your seats, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, I thank you for this time that we have here together in your presence. I thank you for your word, which is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that we have the opportunity to better understand your word and that you provide us with that better understanding. Lord, I cast down every imagination and high thing right now that exalts itself against your knowledge. I release your wisdom and understanding in this place. Help me to be nothing more and nothing less than a vessel for you today, in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. In what has been titled in some Bibles as Paul's prayer and appeal to the Ephesians, we find Paul here on his knees in prayer, encouraging the Ephesians, and starts by saying, for this reason, which is implying that all of these statements that Paul has written to the Ephesians is the reason he is bowing to his knees 
in prayer. And there's really something I want to point out here in the very next verse. Paul writes, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. What Paul is saying here is an extension of what he wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, where he writes in verse 14, For he is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. In other words, breaking down the wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles, both in the literal sense, in the temple, where there was a physical wall between, but more importantly, in their minds and hearts. And furthermore, saying in verse 19, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. And since they are all in the household of God, as Paul commanded, I looked and thought about my household. Who's there? My family. Who's here in the house of God? Family. We are all of one faith. Put your, put your practices aside, said Paul. It's no longer that way. You are all family. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Although maybe not of blood relation, but better through the blood of Christ and the washing away of sins. Hallelujah. And ultimately, moving back to our text for today, although not the very end of his prayer, sets forth a mark, Paul sets forth a mark, in which he prays that desiring them saying that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Church, it's my hope and prayer today that you would leave this first half and into the second and into your week with a challenge, but also know that as a result, you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Of God. Now, while this is where Paul brings this all to a point with a statement where we read in verse 19, in the verses leading up to that, Paul writes out that which can lead a person to be filled with all the fullness of God. And what I want to do for this morning is I want to walk through those elements that Paul speaks about, he writes about, which will also be my points for today. And they are strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Christ dwelling in your hearts by faith, being rooted and grounded in love, and lastly, but certainly not least, filled with all the fullness of God. So let's walk this journey together. In looking at this being strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, let me just go ahead and say, remember that this strength is not our own strength. It's not some kind of strength that you can build up in a weight room. It's not some kind of strength that you can build upon when you go for that long run every morning. It's not some kind of physical endurance, although it may manifest itself in that way at times. First and foremost, this strength comes from him. And furthermore, it comes according to the riches of his glory. This is that which is exceeding abundant above all we could ever ask or think, and that's right where God abides. That's right where he is and what he can and will provide for you. And as you are strengthened with his power, remember just where that power comes from. The power is unique in that it gives you the ability, the strength to do or to accomplish something, and more importantly, to continue. It is enabling because it equips us to do 
good things while leaving us the freedom to exercise that power. And furthermore, it is the strength, it is that strength that goes all the way to the inner man. And church, the Lord doesn't want to just stop right here on the surface. I'm pulling up my skin here. He doesn't just want to stop here on the surface. No, he's desiring to go deeper in each of you. He's desiring to touch the very inner man. He's desiring to reach the very depths of your innermost being. And since God's riches are infinite, there is no limit to what he can provide. But there is a limit to what we can desire. God's riches will never run dry. Somebody say amen to that. If you think you've had enough, there is yet more for you. Does your desire for God to reach your inner man allow for him to continue providing that strength to your inner man? Is there something you need to remove, maybe get rid of, to allow for that continual, continual strength to pierce through? I know that some, if not all of you, come here for church. Some of you are here thinking, finally, I've made it to church. Finally, I can talk to my church family. Finally, I can be renewed and refreshed. And I'm thankful that we can come here and be refreshed. But can I tell those of you that are here today that you can receive this strength any day of the week and further any hour of any day and further any minute of any hour and furthermore any second of every minute? Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not saying, I, I am not saying that we should forsake the assembling together because that would go against the word, right? But if you are waiting until Sunday or Wednesday, help me, Jesus, you don't have to wait for it. In other words, this is something that is available to you right now. It is something that is available to you at this very moment, in this instant. It is available to you one minute from now, right now. It is available to you in the very next second, right now. It is always available to you. It's available to you when you've got that frustrating moment. I know I talk a lot about frustrations. Maybe I have some myself. But he's there for you in those frustrating moments to give you strength right now. Right now, at this very moment, for he is the ever-present Savior, so he can provide that for you right now, right now. Somebody say, right now. Hallelujah. If you need God to move in those deep places in your inner man where he hasn't been in a while, let me tell you, right now he can do so. Go ahead and allow him to sweep the dust off those places that his light, his strength, his glory, his love, his truth might shine again. Hallelujah. This is not just something that enters in and only goes a few places in the inner man, but it's that which infuses. Let me show you something. When something infuses into something else, it is that which fills that place or soaks that place. Do I have any hot tea drinkers in this place? What happens when you add that bag of tea to that cup of hot water? It begins to infuse. It begins to infiltrate every single part of that water. If you've ever watched it happen, the minute that bag of tea touches the water, it begins and it does not end until what? Until you remove it from the water. It continues and continues and continues and continues some more until you stop the infusion. 
like this, as much as Christ wants to infuse into our innermost parts, as we, as, as the holder of the inner man, can deter that, we can detour that, and we can stop that from happening. Paul experienced this himself. The writer of Ephesians experienced this himself as the Pharisee of Pharisees, leading Christians to their execution. Paul, until he was made aware, until he was blinded on that road to Damascus, was deterring Christ from entering in to his inner man. <coughs> Excuse me. If you find yourself in need of strength and you pray for strength, but you don't feel strengthened, if that is you here today, you see, the Lord wants to strengthen you. He wants to uphold you with his right hand of righteousness. He wants to be in the innermost part of you. But whatever there is that may be deterring that, if you've pulled out that bag of tea, if you will, that you're thinking about in your head to stop that infusion, go ahead and ask God to show you that. And furthermore, ask God to remove it. He will show you, he will help you to remove that which needs to be removed so that he can enter in. And you see, church, that once Christ enters in is where he begins to dwell and dwell in our hearts as he does, as, he does, as we read in verse 17, by faith. For Christ to dwell means that Christ is making his abode it is where he is settling. It is what I have found to be a permanent habitation. Jesus says in John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. And I can imagine that all of you here today, those watching online, those watching later or listening later, that you desire for Christ to take up a permanent habitation and make his abode in your hearts. And when I think about this, I'm reminded of a song that the praise team introduced to us last week during altar call uh, titled Psalm 100. And if you remember, the lyrics of the song go like this, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth come worshiping before the throne of God for the Lord he is good and his love endures forever so we enter in into his gates bringing words of praise and offerings of thanksgiving so we enter in to bless his name lifting holy hands in honor of our king and church that is right where the truth is as we enter in to his presence so Christ enters in to our hearts. As we enter in, into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, we put every hindrance aside so that Christ may enter in. Furthermore, as we dwell in his presence, so Christ dwells in us. Hallelujah. And continuing, he dwells in our hearts by faith. Can I tell someone that it's not enough that we just read about faith or that I preach or teach about faith? It's not enough that we just have a knowledge of faith or even maybe some wisdom or all the wisdom in the world about faith. 
But the most important aspect of Christ-centered faith is that it dwells in your hearts. That it dwells in your innermost being. That it dwells in your inner man. You see, Jesus is desiring to open the doors of your heart so that He may enter in. And let me just tell somebody, if your door is closed to Jesus, He's sitting there knocking. He's waiting for you to open the door. Go ahead and open the door to Him. Go ahead and let Him, let him in. As you open up in praise and worship, so he enters in. This is how he enters in. You lift up holy hands without that wrath or doubt. You call on the name of Jesus saying, Lord, I need you to enter in. And as you open up in your prayers and thanksgiving, so he enters in. And as you continue in those things, Christ takes up residence in your heart and as he takes up residence in your heart those things that deter your relationship with him must flee and while that may seem like a very simple concept to do the fact is is that it starts with you brother mac a couple weeks ago on a wednesday night talked about the will of man being the hardest thing to break if there is something that we are holding on to that does not allow for God to dwell in our hearts, the simple truth is that he won't. Now, I don't stand here today and know if each of you individually has something that may be that which is not allowing God to dwell. But what I do know is that the pull from the world is seeming to get stronger every day. The pull from the world is giving the okay to compromise and step away from Jesus. But Jesus, oh Jesus, is desiring that you stand firm in the faith, that you hold fast to the truth, that you break away from the world so that he might enter in, so that he might dwell in our hearts. And as he dwells in our hearts, so the roots begin to form in continuing in our passage so that we can be rooted and grounded in love. In order for a plant to take root, the soil has to be ready. In order for a plant to thrive in that soil, the soil has to be tended to often, albeit always. There's certain measures that have to take place to make sure that that soil is always ready to grow. When Jesus explained in the parable of the sowers the four types of grounds in which the seed, the gospel was sown, some soils received and others did not. But there was only one type of soil that was able to take root and what we read and understand as the fertile soil. And taking this verse as a whole, being rooted and grounded in love, turn with me to Matthew 22 where Jesus talks about the two greatest commandments hinging on love in answering the Pharisees. Verse 37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like to it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
You see, this being rooted and grounded in love starts with the love of the Lord and loving him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. In other words, with every single ounce of your being loving the Lord. This is how we are to be rooted and grounded in love, which I I found interesting because Jesus, as we read, doesn't just stop with loving the Lord, we know that, but furthers this in saying, loving others. The believer who is rooted and grounded in love is that of which not only loves God, but loves others. Paul understood this love for others and how everything is hinged on that love for God and the love for others. Saying, remember to not only love me, but, but love, love others so that you may be rooted and grounded. Those of you that are rooted and grounded, make sure this love goes both ways. It starts here, but it also casts out here. Some, if not all of you here today, may already be rooted and grounded in love. But let me ask this. When is the last time you exemplified that love in someone else? I always come here with some very interesting questions. Is that all right? If you are, root, if you are grounded in love, I liken that to electricity in your home. Throughout your home, you'll find these lovely electrical outlets, and some, if not all of them, hopefully all of them, have some sort of grounding wire that is attached to them. The purpose of that grounding wire? Well, without that grounding wire, the electri- that electrical pulse that is sent through that plug has nowhere to stop. And so it just keeps going and going. I remember growing up, I had this one light switch that had a, had a screw that was, must have been the grounding wire or something, because every time I would turn that switch on, I would touch my finger on it, psh, I'd get a little, a little jolt of whatever. Thankfully, it wasn't anything worse than that, but I don't think that light switch was very well grounded. You see this, this current, it just keeps going and going. And it keeps running through the whole electrical current, the circuit of the house, traveling where it may. If a house is not properly grounded, this can lead to, God forbid, an electrical fire. But on the flip side, if a house is properly grounded, then that current has a place to travel to and come to a stop. Likewise, in our hearts, if we are properly grounded in his love, that is where his love lands. His love doesn't just bounce off of your heart and on to something else. No, but it takes that grounding, it takes that opening up of your heart, opening the doors of your heart, it takes that permanent residency within you to furthermore be rooted and grounded in his love. And in so being rooted and grounded in love, that you, as we continue in verse 18, put that up there, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and depth, and height. Go ahead and put that verse up there. What is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height? Verse 18. And if I can take some liberty and speak on behalf of Paul, Paul uses this four-faceted approach as a way to say that his love, his love is that which is above any sort of love that we can find anywhere else. 
Paul is pleading with the Ephesians saying, understand the very depth of his love. Understand the power of his love. And please understand that his love is for you and it's for me. Paul is praying that we may be able to wrap our minds around it. While Paul could have chosen just one of the terms, he mentioned about Christ's love, saying it is immeasurably high or very deep or extremely wide. Paul is calling our attention to the breadth of Christ's love and to the length and to the height and to the depth in which helps us understand the richness of Christ's love. The breadth is that which reaches to all men, worldwide, reaching and embracing all men. You see, it's, it's reaching for you right now. It's reaching for me right now. It's Christ reaching down into the very depths of whatever pit you may find yourself in today, whatever dark place you may find yourself in today. Christ can reach that far. It can reach further than you or me can reach. It can reach uh, immeasurably further than that. But Christ is reaching to the, bre the breadth. It reaches to all men. And that kind of ties in with the depth. But, but we'll talk about the length. Uh, Romans 5.8 says, But God commands his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, this love, this breath goes to all those who are still currently living in that sin for those who have yet to have an understanding of him. It reaches. You know that song? It reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, love, that gives me strength from day to day. He will never lose his power. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Woo. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Yes. Mm. Let's move on to the length, which reaches to all ages. As we read later in verse 21, it is that which is lasting. Paul already talked about God chose us in him before the creation of the world, and furthermore saying, nothing can separate us from the love of God. <laughs> and the depth, which implies that it's profound wisdom which no creature can fathom. Paul writes in Romans 11:33 declaring, "Oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out." The depth is also expressing again, like I just said, Christ reaching to the depths. He pulled me from the depths. Did he pull you from the depths too? Were you in a dark place at one time in your life where God opened the lights, turned the lights on and said, hey, come on now. Come on now, brother or sister. Come on now, prodigal. It's time for you to come out of that. Ah, I get so fired up when I talk about this because you know why? I've experienced it myself and each of you in this room can maybe say that too, saying I have experienced this 
I've experienced this place where I've been in a low valley where his love has flowed through anyway, where I was crawling on my hands and knees, where I was eating with the pigs, where I was drinking with the fools, where I was doing these things that Christ wasn't able to enter in. But let me tell somebody, he pulled me out, he brought me up, and my hands were lifted high. There I was, there I was right over here. I was slain out on the floor. I was praying. <laughs> I was praying and the Lord just slain me over. He said, hey, I'm getting a hold of your life right now. Hallelujah. And I haven't turned back since. Hallelujah. Don't turn back now. Hallelujah. He continues to reach for you. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. It's where he brought you from. It's that point where he begins to shine his light into you. And those of you that have been interceding for, those of you that have been praying for others to come to the light, to get out of the dark pits, let me tell you, your prayers are being answered. Let me tell you that, and declare to you again that Jesus is reaching. And as you are reaching, so He is reaching that much further. I can reach to here, but He can reach across the world. He sees the hearts of those who are walking the line between the light and the dark and is reaching and pulling and tugging on the hearts of them. And if I can say it in such a way, maybe you've seen the light already and you have been revealed His truth. And God pulled you from the darkness. Hallelujah. But at the same time, you find that darkness coming back around again to rear its ugly head. And let me encourage you to say that since God has taken up residence in you, that darkness cannot stay. It has to leave. It has nowhere to go. Hallelujah. The no vacancy sign is flashing in your inner man. And sometimes you've got to declare to the wind saying, darkness has to flee. I am a child of God. I've been redeemed. I've been set free. And finally, the height. Oh, the height, the height of God's love and tying in with this depth. When God pulls someone out of that depth, that darkness, that height implies that of which is raised up beyond the reach of any foe, beyond the reach of any enemy, beyond the reach of any lie, beyond the reach, beyond our weakness as humans. It is that love which loves even when someone is not lovable. After all, remembering that Christ loved us while we were yet sinners so we can extend that height of love to others. It is that love which rises above the criticism of others, beyond the bitterness of others. In other words, above anything that could bring it down or take it away. Let this love of God dwell in you and dwell in you richly. And this, oh, it is through all of these we know the love of Christ. And to know the love of Christ, which is from our knowledge, right? No, it's that which passes all knowledge and this this is that this is that which our testimony saying look what the Lord has done in me the Lord can do that through you friend the Lord can do that through you neighbor the Lord can do that through you co-worker some things we will never fully understand this side of heaven and I thank God for it for that helps in our full reliance on him through it all but what we do know and what we do have is, is our testimony
of where we once were and now we are, putting everything aside, yes, even human comprehension, so that what? You might be filled with some of the fullness of God, right? No, okay, that you might be filled with a little bit of the fullness of God. No, that's right. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I believe that there is a desire to be filled with all the fullness of God. And oh, that this would rise up in each of you, no matter where you are at in your walk with him. And I'm thankful for these stepping stones, if you will, that which lead up to us being filled with all the fullness through it all. And leading up to this, there is a resounding call to let go of preconceived notions. In other words, those things that you thought you understood and grasp onto that which passes all knowledge. In replacing what you know with that of divine wisdom, with divine knowledge and divine love. You see, it's wisdom, but from above. It's knowledge, but from above. And it's love but from above. There is a call to spiritual maturity. There is a call to greater depths. There is a call on each of you. And all of these things mentioned lead to us being filled with all the fullness of God. Not in the sense that we have everything that he has, but rather God has so much to give. His fullness fills us up so that we can be all that he has created us to be, all that he desires us to be, and ultimately, are you ready? All that he calls us to be. Church, we must be filled with all the fullness of God. That must be the desire for his church. And thanks be to God that this is something that we can attain. It's something that we can acquire. But remember, too, that it's a process. It's not necessarily something that I'm here one day and I'm clear across the stage the next. No, you see, God wants you to start over here. And as you open up his word and as we do a little review, starting with verse uh, Excuse me. Verse 16 saying that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit to the inner man. Remember that God must enter in to that inner man. That's almost that first step, if you will. Hallelujah. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And let me tell somebody, if you're here right now and you're here understanding this length, this breadth, this depth, and this height, go ahead and take that next step saying, I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. To know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And if you see that there, you see that there's an understanding. Go back one verse. or one, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Huh. So if, 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 if I want to know the love of Christ, again, I've got to just, it passes everything I know. It's almost beyond my comprehension, but I desire to know it. I desire to understand it. I desire to be right there. I desire to comprehend it. I want to comprehend the breadth. I've experienced the breadth. I've experienced the length. I've experienced the depth. And I've experienced the height. Oh, and I want others to experience that too. Hallelujah. I've experienced this fullness. And so I desire for you to experience it as well. You see, some of you may find yourself here at the very start saying, how do I get over there? 
And I'm so glad that just Paul makes it clear to us. <laughs> I'm going to go through it again. <laughs> to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. For Christ to dwell in your hearts. Go ahead and step with me if you want to. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And once he's in your heart by faith, the roots begin to grow. The roots begin to take hold. And as those roots take hold, they infiltrate every single part of you. Oh, oh! I remember where you brought me from, Jesus. Uh, I, I desire that for that person over there. I desire that for that person over there. Wait a minute. I want these roots to almost cast, cast out of me, if you will, to, or to, to, to come out of me, oh God, and, and, to, and, to, and to reach into the other so that it can take root maybe over here as well. Because, uh, well, you've shown me all this, and I just don't want to keep it to myself, you know, in talking about that, keeping this goodness of God, this, this love of God to yourself. If you've ever bought a new vehicle, if you've ever bought a new vehicle and, and you park it in your garage and you never get it out again, what good is it? What good is a new vehicle if you never get it out of the garage? See, so, so, so is your faith. So is this sharing of love with others because if you never show it to anybody, what is it? If you're only, not that, not that receiving the love, listen, not that receiving the love is bad, but oh, express it to others, saying, uh, I've been there before. I've been in your shoes before. I know, I know where you're at right now, but I know where you can go. I know where you can go, and it's only by me that you can go. So walk with me, brother. Walk with me. I want to show you. I want to show you how to get from this step, and then we'll take the next step in talking about the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. Oh, you see that there? I hope this next step's a little bigger, but we've got to take this next step saying that she might be filled with all the fullness of God. Is there anybody here today that desires to be filled, thank you, with all the fullness of God? I said, is there anybody today that desires for God to fill you with all of his fullness? You see, the Lord is desiring to fill you up in this place. He's desiring to fill you to the very brim so that you can say, my cup overflows. I know this is a first half, and I know it may not be a normal thing, although when's the last time we were considered normal? God wants to do something in this place. So why don't you stand all over this place with me? And if this overflows into our second half, then so be it. But if you desire to be filled with all the fullness of God, and you stand with me all over this place, let God take you on that journey of being filled with all of his fullness. Because remember, he desires that for you, but do you desire that from him? Go ahead and lift your hands. Lift your hands and lift your voices all over this place. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I desire more of you, God. Yes, Jesus. Fill me up, oh God. Fill me up, oh God, that I may overflow, oh God, that I may flow into others, oh God. Oh Jesus, I desire more of you. And I understand, oh God, that in order for there to be more of you, there has to be less of me. Hallelujah. Come on now. Come on now. Reach out to him. Reach out to him. Use your voices all over this place. Hallelujah. Come on. Cast all those imaginations aside. Cast every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against the love of God. Hallelujah. We desire you, oh God, that which passes understanding, that which passes knowledge. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for every opportunity, oh God, that we can to reach out to you and walk on this path 
that you have us on, Lord Jesus. Oh, if it weren't for you, oh Lord, I'd still be in the darkest pits. If it weren't for you, oh God, I'd still be living as I was living before. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God who is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all we could ask or think. He is able. He is able. He is willing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let God fill you with all of his fullness. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me during this first half. Come back in 10 minutes after a short break, and uh, we'll begin our second half in Jesus' name.